one comes to the Father but through Him. And this is why the gospel is the good news. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Therefore, it no longer has any power over you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff. Inspiration for today. Right, let's pray. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to my life, that you'd minister to my heart. I pray that your word would be revealed to me today in a way that I would understand it so that I can speak it and do it so it changed my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to continue today with the series True Freedom Is. And today, true freedom is true Christianity. Now, last week we looked at, um, you know, true freedom is total liberation. And obviously, we looked at Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 14. And just as a recap, I just want to read this to you because today's, today's message comes out of the same passage as well. And so Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 1, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God should show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we live in it? Or have you forgotten that you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism. We joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with Him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and He will never die again. Sin no longer has any power over Him. When He died, He died once. He died once to break the power of sin. Now that He lives, He lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law, but instead you live under the freedom of God's grace. So um, I want you to think about the fact that, um, you know, everything that we have in the Christian faith comes because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. But what we also need to remember is that, that we don't use it as an excuse to carry on sinning because in, 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 in sin is death. If we're given over to sin, we're given over to death. If we're slaves to sin, we're slaves to death. Today, we're talking about true freedom is normal Christianity. And I want you to think about that term, normal Christianity. 
What is normal Christianity? And I want to tell you that normal Christianity is a life where we overcome sin. And why do we want to overcome sin? We want to overcome sin because we want to live normal Christianity. I showed you a video last week and I want to show you one today. And this shows us what normal Christianity is. Let's have a look at this. Normal Christianity is giving your life to Jesus. Normal Christianity isn't denying the devil picking up your cross and following him. Normal Christianity is denying yourself picking up your cross and following Jesus. How do we overcome the enemy? The blood of the Lamb, Revelation 12, 11. You've overcome him. The blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony. There is, there is worship songs. There are worship songs that only keep that in the, in, the, in the chorus. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But that's not how you overcome it's you love not your own life unto death. The blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, and you love not your own life unto death. This is the key factor. When we come to Jesus, we surrender all. Come on, Christ in us is the hope of glory. But Christ coming out of us is that hope being made manifest. Jesus didn't say Christ in us is the hope of glory. Keep him in like a contained lake. He said, Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. You know, it's raining. So people are like, man, it's a crazy night to do outreach. You're going to be in that building somewhere. Go get coffee. Bring Jesus with you. Go to a restaurant. Get a snack. Bring Jesus with you. Go to a grocery store. Just walk through and get something that you need. But be conscious that Jesus wants to touch somebody. This is normal. Abnormal is going shopping without him. Abnormal is going to get coffee without the Holy Spirit. Abnormal is going to church to hear a message that's for you and forgetting the people that died that he died for. All right, now I want you to think about that. That is the normal Christian life. Now, one of the things that's going to inhibit the normal Christian life is whether we've given our hearts to Jesus or not to the fullest extent, whether we've completely surrendered our lives to Jesus or not. You know, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we truly surrender our lives to Jesus, we get to the place where we can know the Father. I want you to think about that for a second. We get to the place where we can actually know the Father. You know, the same Father, the God, the one who created everything, the one who causes the earth to go around the sun, the one who causes all of the different constellations in the universe, all of the stars, all of the planets. Yes, that same Father. We can know Him through Jesus. The more we surrender to Jesus, the more we know Him. The more we know Him, the more we want to tell others about Him. But here's the thing. If we sin, we lose communion with God and we lose communication with God. Now here's a declaration that the Bible has made. As a believer, you are a new creation. Not you becoming a new creation. You are a new creation. The Bible says the old is gone and the new is here. You are a new creation. That's it. It's over. You're a new creation. There's nothing more that we can say about it. There's nothing less than we can say about it. It's no longer who you are to sin. Who you are is no longer the sin that you've defined yourself with. Who you are is no longer the definition that says, I'm only human. I was born to make mistakes. That's no longer you. 
That is the world. That is those who haven't found Christ. And it's no longer who you are because the liberation struggle for eternity has been won. It has been won. It wasn't won by you. So please don't sit there and tell me, I don't know if I'm saved. you know if you're saved or not? All right, you're saved, number one, if you believe and you call Jesus Lord, number two. And number three, if you believe that God raised him from the dead. Yes, but I have doubt. Doubt is not the issue. The issue is, do you have unbelief? Have you decided not to believe? Have you rejected Christ? You know if you've rejected Christ. If you're wondering, you probably believe. You're probably just struggling in your faith at the moment. Romans 6 verse 6 and 7 says this. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified. Notice it was, it's were crucified. Not being, it's not present tense. Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. But the question is, do you have faith in Jesus to such an extent that you believe that you're no longer a slave to sin and that you have been set free from the power of sin? Have you chosen to believe that? When, when we look at this, we come to the conclusion about ourselves. Our old self was crucified with Christ when we encountered Jesus. Think about this. Every morning, if you encounter Jesus, your old self is crucified with Christ when you encounter Him. Every single morning, you need to aim to get up, spend time with the Lord, read the Word, pray, and ask God to give you a supernatural encounter with Jesus. Not a natural one, a supernatural one. See yourself with Jesus. See yourself being crucified with Him on the cross. Ask Him to give you an experience of that. And then see yourself coming off the cross. But the old you stays on the cross. And what comes off the cross with you is Jesus. Ask God to make that so real to you. That it moves you. That it moves every cell in your body. Every inch of energy that you have is moved by this. So that you get to the place where as you go out into your day, it's no longer you that lives. But it's Christ that lives in you. Without Christ, you're a slave to sin. It means that sin is your master. It means that He orders you around. It means that He takes from you. He takes everything from you and He pays you nothing. The only thing He gives you back in terms of that which you've given Him is sorrow. Without Christ, you are living in the consequences of your fallen nature. You're living in the consequences of your fallen DNA. But Christ takes you into another dimension. He takes you into a dimension that says, you're no longer a slave to sin. When you die with Christ, you are set free from the power of sin in Jesus' name. But you have to believe that. You have to take the word at face value. You've got to take the promises of God as being true. Now, when you die with Christ, you're set free from the power of sin. Why? Because those who are alive in Jesus are dead to sin. I spoke last week about the fact that when you're dead to sin, it means your old nature is a corpse, and corpses don't sin. It's no longer you that lives. You're dead. It's now Christ that lives in you. 
Romans 6, 8 to 11 says, And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. Because of the fact that we have died to ourselves, because of the fact that we've surrendered to Him, we know that we will live with Him forever. And He says, We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. That's why it's so awesome when Jesus is your Lord because death has no power over Him. And therefore, whatever has no power over him has no power over you. And this is why the gospel is the good news. If, you, if you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff. This is the issue. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Therefore, it no longer has any power over you. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. If you're dead to sin and alive to God, you're alive to eternal life. You have a hope beyond the grave. It is yours. It is a rock upon which you can stand. With Jesus, our old lives die. With Jesus, He's now our Lord. If He's our Lord, it means He owns us. The term Lord means the owner. In England, they talk about the Lord of the manor. The, the Lord of the manor is the owner of the manor. If He is your Lord, He owns you. And He owns you, and the price He paid for you was His blood. Now, yes, that means you don't just do what you want. You do what Jesus wants. But you know what? At the same time, means the devil can't touch you. Because the moment the devil touches you, he's touching Jesus, and Jesus whacks him. He whacks him. Therefore, if it doesn't rule him, it can't rule us. If sin doesn't rule Jesus, it can't rule us. If death doesn't rule Jesus, it can't rule us. Death no, no longer has any power over him. He died once to break the power of sin, and now he lives for the glory of God. So you are a new creation. You are a new creation, and there's nothing you did for this. It was all Jesus. So don't tell me you're not good enough. You never were. Jesus made you good enough, and he did it all. All you did to receive it was faith, was to believe. You now only have one responsibility, and that's to sort out your mind. You see, every single day you've got to sort out, sort out your mind. You've got to get back to what the Word promises, to what the Word declares about you, to what Jesus declares, that you are a new creation. You are brand spanking new. Whatever has happened is gone. It's history. It's washed away in a river of the blood of Jesus. Destroyed. The enemy comes to the Father with arguments about stuff that you've done and the Father doesn't know what he's talking about because when he looks at you, all he sees is the, the blood of Jesus. All he sees is what Jesus is. You can decide you're dead to sin. A person who doesn't know Jesus doesn't have that choice. But if you know Jesus, you have that choice. And you can consider yourself alive to God through Jesus Christ. Your job is to control your mind. Your job is to control your mind because those who are dead to sin are going to live forever. Romans 6 verse 8 and 9, And since we died with Christ, we know we shall also live with Him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and He will never die again. 
death no longer has any power over him. We are sure of this because Jesus was raised back to life. The greatest gift of all is that those who are united with Christ are going to live forever. The greatest gift of having faith, the greatest gift of surrendering to Jesus is that you are sure of your resurrection because Jesus rose from the grave and he is your Lord and wherever he goes, you go. If you're a disciple and you're following Jesus, well, you've got to follow him out of the grave just as he went out of the grave. And he will never die again. So death has no power over him, which means that death has no power over us. You know when they shout in America, CNN sucks, you know why? Because CNN can never ever put a message like that. ENCA can never ever put a message like that. SABC TV News or Newsroom Africa or whatever you watch can never ever give you a message like that. How do you know? How do you know if you're living the normal Christian life? You live knowing this. You live with this good news bubbling on the inside of you. You just want to tell everyone that you meet about Jesus. Because you want them to have what you have. Let me tell you another secret. When you live like this, others are going to want what you have. And guess what, what you're going to do in order to, 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 to make them thirsty? You're going to do nothing. It's going to be the Holy Spirit working in you. It's going to be nothing that you do. They're going to see something in you. <laughs> They're just going to see it. You're going to be shocked. You're not even going to realize it. Now, I just want to finish this off, and, and I want to ask you, how do you know if you're living under a curse? Because this is something that can get us down. And as of you've been on the encounter, you know, we, we, we talk about what Dr. Derek Prince taught, about how you know you're under a curse, and some of the signs are mental and emotional breakdowns. Mental and emotional breakdowns are a sign that there's a curse on your life. Repeated or chronic illnesses. Especially if they're hereditary. In other words, you inherited them from your parents. That's a sign of a curse. Female problems. Infertility, miscarriages, uh, premature births, menstrual pain. All kinds of these female issues. Um, breakdown of marriage and family alienation. You know, many times within a family, the marriages are broken. The, the family's fighting. They don't talk to one another. It's a sign of a curse. Financial insufficiency. Where you just don't have enough to pay ends meet. Maybe you're accident prone. You just keep walking into things. That can be the sign of a curse. A history of suicide or unnatural deaths in the family. Now, John 3 verse 36. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. And anyone who doesn't obey the Son of God will never experience eternal life but remains under God's angry judgment. So here's the thing. If you believe and you're under a curse, you can take it to Jesus. The curse can be broken. You see, the blood of Jesus was shed to break every single curse. The blood of Jesus was shed to, to, to break every generational curse. And I want to remind you today about the blood of faithfulness. You know, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they faced a decision. The decision when they looked at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was, were they going to do their own will or were they going to live according to the word of God? They obviously chose to do their own will. 
What were the consequences of this? Well, the consequences were that in the Garden of Eden, Adam caused the sin of the human race to originate there. But you know, thousands of years later, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he also faced the same question. Whether to drink the cup which had all of our sin, all of the sin of humanity at all time, every single human that ever lived, he had the choice to drink that cup and fulfill the will of the Father or to do his own thing. And you know what? Jesus took the cup. Jesus was faithful to the will of Father even when it meant going to the cross. And so Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he, he launched the redemption of the human race. Redemption originated yeah. Adam despised the cup of blessing. He despised the cup of blessing. Jesus chose to drink the cup of the curse. Our curse. Curse that belonged to us. He chose to drink that cup. He chose to take the curse. The serpent prevailed against Adam in the garden. But Jesus defeated the serpent. Adam defiled the earth with his sin. But Jesus blessed the earth with his blood. Adam lost every blessing. Let me tell you, you're living under the curse of sin and death. The day you die, you lose every blessing. Without Christ, you lose everything. Jesus recovered every blessing. I want to say it again. Jesus recovered every blessing. Adam ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Jesus ate the fruit of obedience. Man who was made from the dust of the earth wanted to be like God. But the word of God who was Jesus, he chose to become a man so that he could take our place and carry our punishment. I want you to think about how much he loves you. That he chose to become a man to take your place and to take your punishment. Adam disappointed God. Jesus brought joy to the heart of the Father. And let me tell you, when you receive Jesus, the Bible says that as Jesus goes in the world, so are you. <laughs> Which means that you're bringing joy to the Father's heart. Why? Because of Jesus. So let us think of some of the curses that entered the world through Adam. Through, through, through what Adam did, the blessing of prosperity was placed with poverty, the curse of poverty. Through what Adam did, the blessing of health was replaced with the curse of sickness. Through what Adam did, the blessing of life was replaced with the curse of death. Through what Adam did, the, the blessing of glory was, was replaced with the, with the curse of shame. Do you realize that shame is a curse? It's not the way God meant it to be. It's not... It's not God's plan for you to live in shame. And I want you to realize this. The blood of faithfulness is the blood that Jesus sweat. At, at that time where he's facing his will, which is not to go through the cross, versus the Father's will, which is to drink that cup of suffering and to go through the cross, Jesus was faithful. But this thing brought him such anxiety that blood became, that began to come out of this, his, his, his sweat glands. 
he began to sweat blood. And when you apply this blood, your unfaithfulness is exchanged for his faithfulness. When you apply this blood, every curse that is on your life because of betrayal, where someone has betrayed you, that curse is broken. And I want you to believe this today. I want you to come to the Lord in faith without any issues, without any clever thoughts, without any sophisticated reasonings, you know, with, without any academic magnificence, without any of that stuff. You come to Him as you are because you know the curse is there. You can't reason it away. But it can be washed away. It can be broken. Romans 5, 20 and 21, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How awesome is that? How incredible is that? You've got to believe this if you want to be the new creation. And if you are the new creation and you're having communion with God, you're going to tell people about Jesus without even trying. Now I just want you to think about where you stand with Jesus. Romans 10 verse 8 and 9, talking about how you get saved, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want you just to take a second just to think about your eternal destiny. And, you know, we talk about normal Christianity, but normal Christianity starts when you've made Jesus Lord. It starts there. If you haven't made Jesus Lord, you can't even start to live normal Christianity. And, and I want you to think right now about your life, about where you are. And, and I really want you to take note of that question for yourself. Have you made Jesus Lord? <clears throat> it's important because the answer to that question has got a lot to do with your eternal destiny and where you're going to spend eternity. Have you made Jesus Lord? Have you ever done it? I'm not asking if you've been in church. I'm not asking if you've, if you've had certain traditions. I'm asking, have you made Jesus Lord? Have you considered that you no longer own your life? That he owns it. That's what it means if you've made him Lord. And today, if you've never done that, or maybe you've done that but you've taken your life back, I want to give you an opportunity just to come before him. What does it take to come to Jesus? You repent. You repent of your old life. And you receive him as Lord and you declare it. And you believe that the blood that he shed for you in the Garden of Gethsemane, the blood that he shed for you on the cross, that that will wash all your sin away and that the curse is broken. Some of you need to start praying for your families. Some of you even need to make a commitment today to the Lord because you haven't been praying for your families. If you haven't been praying for your family, I'm talking about especially those in your family that are unsaved, you need to repent and commit to Jesus. 
How can you say you love your family if you're not willing to pray for them and you're not willing to cry to God for their salvation, which means that you're happy that they spend eternity lost? But you can't pray for someone else if you haven't sorted out your eternity. And I want to ask you if you've had to face God tonight. If you were to die today and to face God tonight, do you know that you'd be okay? Come to Jesus if you don't. If you're needing to recommit, come to Jesus. Choose to believe. If you're concerned about some sin that you've done this week, come to Jesus. There's nothing that His blood will not wash away. If you come with a repentant heart, He will wash away your sin. He will erase that which is unerasable. If the Lord is speaking to you, don't pass up on this moment. He's speaking to you, and if you don't take this moment, He might be saying to you right now, you will never have another opportunity to give your heart because the enemy's been working overtime. He's been deceiving you. He's blocked your mind from the gospel. You need to give your life now because if you don't do it today, you never will. Today is the day of your salvation. There might be one or two people, either here, one of the sites, or watching online, or listening online. And the Lord is saying that to you. Make the commitment. And Jesus will give you eternal purpose. You know, if you surrender to Jesus, you don't have to worry about whether you make a mistake and misstep. Because God will bring you back to his purpose every time. And so I want you to remember today your eternal destiny is at stake. So don't wait. Don't say, I can wait until later after service. I can go home. I can say a better prayer and all of that kind of stuff. No. You don't know if you'll make it. If you do that, you need to do that now. You need to come to this altar now. And when you come to this altar, what you're saying is that this is the time. You're saying, Lord, this is the time. I want to commit my life to you right now. I want to make you Lord right now. I want to submit everything to you right now. I can't wait until later. I want to do it now. Because now is the day of my salvation. Now is the time that you have come for me. And I want to live close to you from this day on. I want to be so close to you because I want to know that when it comes time for my death, that when death comes knocking, that I'll be ready. Because I know that I'm going to live forever with you in eternity. And so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I want to ask you, if you're watching online or you're listening, and if you're making a decision for Jesus, either to give your life for the first time or to recommit your life to Jesus, please send an email right now to info at theactivechurch.org. And so I've given my life to Jesus or I've recommitted my life to Jesus and give us your contact number. We want to contact you. We want to help you in this journey. <clears throat> if you're here or at one of the other sites, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Is a sign that you need to give your heart to Jesus or you need to recommit your heart to Jesus. And if that is you, I'm going to ask you right now to raise your hand wherever you are. And we're going to pray with you. Hands have gone up. I just want to say this again. I just sense more of you need to raise your hands. You know who you are. The Lord is speaking to some of you right now. A number of hands have gone up, but I just sense there's some more of you that need to raise your hands right now. 
at the sides, please. Some more hands have just gone up. He's in the front here. At the sides, please raise your hands. Please send that email if you're watching online, either on Facebook or YouTube, or you're listening to the audio. Please raise your hands. Or sorry, send that email. I'm going to ask everyone to place your right hand on your heart right now. And I want you to see Jesus. Let this be real to you. See Jesus. See him dying on the cross for you. That blood that he shed over 2,000 years ago is washing all of your sin away. It's destroying every curse. It's destroying every argument that the enemy has against you right now. It's washing you clean, making you as white as snow. Completely justifying you to the point where God sees you as if, he, as if you've never sinned. I want you to see that right now. And understand that the word declares that that Jesus that you're seeing on the cross who was dying for you over 2,000 years ago, that act was done once and for all. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And a supernatural thing is happening right now. Because the blood of Jesus was the price that was paid for all your sin. And if you believe him right now and you're serious about this, he'll wash all your sin away. Now I'm going to ask you to pray and just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent of everything that I've done wrong. I renounce my life of sin and I accept your sacrifice. And I know that it was the price you paid for my, for, for my redemption. And today, Lord, I ask that the blood of your wounded body wash me today of all my rebellion, all my sin. Set me free from any wickedness and any sickness and any pain. Set me free from rebellion and all my sin. Lord, I accept that my debt has been paid. There is no outstanding balance. You paid everything for me on the cross of Calvary. I accept that by your blood I'm justified. And you see me as though I'd never sinned. And by your blood I'm sanctified. You have chosen me to serve you. I am willing to serve you. And today, Lord, I open the door of my heart. And I invite you to come in as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And giving me eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Still you give yourself away All the over
So, so good to me 